0: Welcome to a special Surly Brewing Showcase episode of Brutal Battle. This is a brewery that hasn't really been on my mind as being one that we would be able to do a showcase episode on because we don't get distribution in Maryland for Surly. I have had some Surly beers in the past and really enjoyed them, so I have always wanted to do a showcase episode, but I just didn't think it was possible. So it is possible now because. I recently made a purchase through the Beer Temple in Chicago, Illinois, which is wonderful. And you can buy beers online if you're able to get alcohol shipped to your state. And they had a variety pack for Surly. So I was like, this is perfect. So... Because it's a, a typical variety pack that they put out, none of these beers are going to be anything crazy insane. You know, we're not having any Surly Darkness. We're not having any Blacker, Abrasive, Pentagram. You know, none of that type of stuff. But if you want to hear about Surly Darkness, <laughs> we've had two episodes where we at least talked about Surly Darkness. We had a Cellar Dive episode in the past that we had an old Surly Darkness on a non-barrel-aged. And we had a Savor wrap-up episode where we talked about the Barrel Age Darkness, which Rebecca had too much of at that time, mm-hmm. and but was amazing. So if you want to find those episodes, you can just go to the website, BrutalBattle.com, and just put in the search bar on the top right, Surly or Darkness or Surly Darkness or whatever, and you'll get those episodes to pop up. So I'm excited because I've had one of these beers before. We've had really? The last one we've had. And that's kind of a, has been like a staple beer of theirs. So three of these beers are hoppy and one of them is not. So people should just know that. So real quick to open up, uh, this this brewery was started in 2005 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And that's pretty early for craft beer. So they're about 15 years old now. That's on the older end for craft beer, especially because we're still getting new breweries popping up all the time. So especially in Minnesota surly is an older brewery as far as craft beer goes so uh oh they their original location was in brooklyn center minnesota which they still have that and then they also had a newer brewery in minneapolis um and then we always like to have something from the website to kind of like show you how they market and it's usually pretty similar but this one i think is a little bit different so here's a quote from their website Each day, Surly relentlessly pursues craft beer perfection, pushing boundaries, refusing to brew to style, except when we do. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like this. We don't really care. We're going to do whatever style we want. We're not holding to traditions. We're not necessarily trying to experiment and push the boundaries of doing something entirely new. It it is kind of like a, they say pushing boundaries, but it is kind of more of like a, we feel like we're going to do whatever we want to do.
1: Yeah, interesting.
0: Um, yeah, so a little bit different. You know, it's not like the flowery language like a lot of them have where it's like, we're going after perfect taste yeah. and sticking to tr- tr- tradition, but doing something a little experimental. It still uh, has
1: that yeah. kind of same flavor, though. Uh,
0: a little bit, but not being as, you know, highfalutin about it as a lot of them do. This It's kind of more of like a plain language type thing where they're just like, hey, we're making what we think is good beer. Here we go. Yeah. Okay, so that said, let's get, the open. let's get into the first one. So this one is called Get Loud. Oh, and these are all 12-ounce cans, as people probably assumed since it's from a variety pack. So this one's called Get Loud, and this one is a hazy wheat IPA, and it is 7.2% alcohol. Okay. So.
1: Let's get loud. Let's get
0: loud. Pour you first.
1: It looks hazy.
0: Yep. See how they do the haze as an older brewery that had to adapt to the haze. All right. It looks hazy, yes. It's yellow. Yellow with a little bit of an orange tinge, yep. but pretty yellow. Yeah. It's got a decent head because I poured it pretty agitated. But yeah, you Man, can't see through it or anything. It's
1: very weedy.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, they say hazy wheat. IPA, it but yeah. It's like a
1: hefeweizen.
0: Yeah, actually, that's a good point. There is kind of a little bit of that banana y note like in there.
1: Banana clove.
0: Yeah, There's I agree. Some... It, it is extremely wheat driven. Other than that, I get a little bit of a, of a citrus peeking through yeah, in there. like orange. Yep. It's like, yeah, I think you nailed it. It's like orange clove banana wheat.
1: Yeah.
0: Is what it smells like. It smells pretty good.
1: Yeah, it sounds interesting.
0: 7.2%, though, for like a wheat IPA. I would, I would think that it would be a bit lower, but I don't know. We'll see if it tastes that way. Going in. Hmm. It's very drying.
1: I don't know what to make of this. It's very weird. A lot of different flavors. You're yeah. getting all of the, I'm getting the banana, I'm getting the clove, I'm getting the orange. Yep.
0: There's an aspirin finish to it, too, yeah. that you kind of get with some of those, like, real wheat-driven beers. It's very drying, like I was saying. Like, it dries your tongue out so much at the end. There's a little bit of a bubblegum to it as well, though. It's,
1: um, chewy.
0: Yeah, it does feel like it's got a, a little bit of a chewiness to it. Um, do, you, do you feel me with a bit of bubblegum in there, too?
1: yeah.
0: And the other thing is when I'm drinking it, I'm not only tasting a little bit of the bubblegum, but I'm smelling the bubble gum in the glass as I'm taking the sip too. I wasn't smelling it initially, but I smell it when I'm taking a sip of it. Yeah. It goes down pretty easy.
1: Oh, really really easy.
0: But the only thing I would like to change about this is how drying it is. I I don't really like how drying this beer gets, but other than that, it's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Um, it does fall into one of the issues that, that you know, all pretty much all hazy beers have, in our opinion, which is the flavors aren't all, like, super great. They're usually significantly more muted than what the f- aroma is. So, it's typical like that.
1: Yeah, but all the flavors that we got and the aroma we got in the taste. Were there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which,
1: which is nice.
0: Just... The level is level, way yeah. significantly lower. So
1: Definitely dialed down.
0: So, certainly, Brewing was founded by Omar Ansari, who actually started doing what? Fill in the blank in 1994 before he... home came. brewing, Exactly. It always starts with the homebrewing, <laughs> and this is no exception. So, started with homebrewing. Then he ended up going and getting a, a beer... Job, I think they called like an apprenticeship where I was reading about it. The article I was reading, an apprenticeship at New Holland Brewing in Michigan, and then after he left that, and he was planning on you know creating his own brewery in Minnesota, he enlisted Todd Hog, Hog, A- A- Hague, H A U G. How would you say it? I'd say that Hog.
1: Yeah, it could be Hog.
0: I'd say Hog. Um, Who was brewing at Rock Bottom Brewery in Minneapolis at that point, but then left to go and start Surly with Omar Ansari. Um, And one of the main drivers behind the creation of Surly Brewing is that Ansari believed that he wasn't able to get the beers that he really wanted where he lived in in Minnesota. It's always a
1: story. Yeah.
0: And so, you know, being a home brewer is like, you know, I can brew my own beer. Yeah, I can start making yeah. better beer. And like we said, it makes sense for the time frame that they open. Because yeah. that was back in 2005 when there were...
1: Not many craft beers.
0: Yeah. Uh, way less craft breweries <laughs> than there are right now. So, yeah. So I'm going to stop that one there.
1: Oh, another beer already? Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll jump to another beer Wow. Already. I mean, I have information, but I don't have an insane amount of information. Okay. I found a few articles, but a lot of them kind of repeated. Yeah. So this next one is another one we haven't had before, and it's called Rivet Head. And I'm particularly excited about this one because it's a West Coast style IPA, oh. which you know, that's my jam. And this is actually stepping down a little bit at 6.9% alcohol. Okay.
1: And the last one was seven
0: point. 7.2. 2. So Yeah. Oh, pour you first. I'm very excited about this. I mean, I just feel like I can't get that many West Coast style IPAs anymore. Yeah. So when I see one, I'm like, oh, I, I got to jump on that. Oh, this is real orange.
1: Yeah. Yellow orange.
0: It's not 100% clear, but way more clear than the yeah. first one. It's got a slight haziness to it, but relatively clearish. Smell
1: it. Hmm. Ooh. There's something interesting in there.
0: It's, it smells a bit like. There's like a citrus candy smell to it. It's like, it's got a sweetness. Mm-hmm. It's a little sugary, but it's also very citrus driven at the same time. I get a slight pineapple.
1: It's, it's a mild nose.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a decent nose. I just think it's it's not like an insane amount of aromas coming together in it.
1: You said pineapple?
0: Yeah, I got a little pineapple. I definitely just get some straight-up orange in there as well. A slight pine. I was going
1: to say pine.
0: And it's got a resiny note in the nose, too. It smells like it's a bit thicker, Mm -hmm. most likely, viscosity-wise. It smells juicy, too. Yeah, it does. Ooh, and there's a little bit of that kind of, like, dank spiciness in the nose as well. On the end. And when you keep sniffing it, oh, that's funny. It smells yeah. good.
1: That's what. That's my first sip. That's what I got. Is a lot of that dankiness.
0: Ooh yeah. Ooh yeah. Whoa, that is what it leads with, and because of that, it elevates that pine. Yeah. In the flavor. Mm. Yeah, this is West Coast. Um. The orange then starts coming through after your first sip. Once you get on that second sip, you're still getting a lot of that dankness, that pine to go with it. But the orange is starting to peek through at the same time. I like it. There's a significant bitterness on this. But here's the thing. It has the flavors and the body to stand up to that bitterness. It feels appropriate.
1: It does. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't really love the bitterness, um, but it does feel like in check with the beer. Yeah. Um, a lot of flavors are going on with this though. Cause you're, you're getting the citrus, you're getting the pine, you're getting the dankiness.
0: It is resiny. Is
1: dankiness a word?
0: No. dankness. Dankiness. But we'll, we'll start saying dankiness. Dankiness. <laughs>
1: it's like Don- Donkey kong <laughs> Dankiness. Dankiness.
0: Danky King. That's King. It is, yeah, I'm getting that resin note coming through as well. And it does have a more of a mouthfeel than you would mm. assume from the 6.9% alcohol, but that's just, you know, because of a West coast style IPA. I miss these beers. <laughs> I like this. This is taking me back to my roots and IPAs.
1: This is another one that feels chewy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That goes along with having much more of a viscosity to it than you would think. Yeah. The first one was a bit chewy. This is definitely more chewy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not, okay, so I was going to say it, it, this beer's refreshing. It's not refreshing like normal people would think. It's refreshing for me, me personally. Style-wise. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's refreshing to have a West Coast style IPA again. So for me, it's refreshing in a yeah. way.
1: Yeah, I hear but you.
0: for most people, no. That's good. It's very dank, too. Yeah. Very dank.
1: Dankiness.
0: It's good, though. The I dankiness. like that.
1: The dankiness is strong.
0: Yeah, super danky. Oh, and it's it does have that kind of, like, citrusy candy, too, because there is a sweetness poking through as well. But I think that that level of bitterness helps to kind of stomp down the sweetness so it doesn't become too much. Okay, so this is one of the breweries that, that focused earlier on canning beers. Oh. So they're kind of known for being, you know, more at the forefront of the beer canning revolution in a way. Now, in 2011, Surly was looking to open another location with a restaurant and a beer garden slash beer hall, Uh, and they also were going to increase their production about 100,000 barrels at that point. Now, the problem with that is Minnesota law, liquor laws, didn't allow for such a thing. Oh, really? Yeah, because apparently the way it was set up is that you couldn't serve beer on premises that it had to be distributed through retailers. Hmm. So Surly, because they had this idea, sought to change the laws. And there was a bill that was signed some months later that was actually called the Surly Bill. And so that changed beer laws or beer, craft beer production laws in Minnesota.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So they were one of those breweries that was in the forefront and kind of you know paved the way for others who would come after them. That's kind of like near us, um, heavy seas brewing has been very well known for, for doing the same type of thing, like getting new laws on the books so that it's easier for them and other craft breweries to do what they want to do. So, um, so Surly was able to put in the work to get those laws changed. So they're, they're very much recognized for that, which is great. The new brewery ended up finally being built and was opened in 2014. It was put on an 8.3-acre plot of land and ended up taking a little bit longer. It was like a $20 million project. Ooh. But it ended up taking a bit longer because they had to address $2 million worth of uh, environmental mediation because of industrial waste that was left on the site prior to them getting there.
1: Ooh. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I've heard this happening with a few other breweries, too, when they've bought industrial sites and moved in there to do brewing, is that they've cleaned up the messes that these industrial plants have left behind. So, not only are they doing a good thing by getting good craft beer out there, they're cleaning up really terrible messes that would otherwise just be sitting there. Uh So, good on them. Next beer.
1: Okay, so the next one is called Razor Gang.
0: And this is a non-hoppy.
1: This is a dry Irish style stout. Yes. And it is only 4.5%.
0: Oh, that sounds good to me. I'm down with that. I can't remember the last time I had an Irish stout. I can't remember the last time time I had a dry stout. I can't remember the last time I had a stout that was below like 8%. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, here we go. Hoping it's good. And this is... I haven't had that much that's multi by uh, Surly. So, this will be interesting. Other than darkness, really. I was
1: going to say, yeah.
0: Other than darkness, but that's so, that's very different. It's multi and being like super high ABV, so... It's its own it, like extreme thing.
1: Its own thing.
0: Okay, so the Razor Gang. Very dark. dark. Very dark. Yeah. It's got a real nice brown head with a mixture of small and large bubbles to it.
1: Very ashy. Ch- yeah. Chalky, ashy, and there's and chocolate.
0: Yeah. Definitely chalky, ashy. There's a little bit of a salinity on the nose, too. It's like a tad bit salty-ish.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: And there's a slight umami on the nose as well. Do you get that? Yeah. Kind of like like the umami of mushrooms, but it doesn't smell like mushrooms.
1: Yeah.
0: It smells good, though. Yeah, it does smell good. There's a little bit... When I keep sniffing and I sniff really deep, I get a little bit of a dark chocolate coming through. Yeah,
1: I was getting chocolate right away.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of... There's a good bitterness on the nose, too. And we'll see how that is. It's better. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's a real strong bitterness in there. And it's very much driven by that ashiness that you were talking about smelling initially. It certainly is dry, like it indicates, as an as a dry Irish stout. It's good though. It's good. It's got that dark chocolate flavor coming in, but it's very low level because that ashiness is so strong. I don't know a ton of people who are used to drinking, you know, Imperial Stouts that would really like this beer, but I like this beer.
1: Yeah, I do too. It's kind of refreshing after you have so many, like, yeah. thick, heavy stouts.
0: Yeah. It's a nice departure. And I, I do feel like I get, like, something that's that's coming off a little bit, like a salinity. Like I said, I was getting in the nose. I'm getting that in the flavor, yeah. for sure. So, yeah. Cool. Okay, then, unfortunately, Surly ended up closing, announcing that they were closing their beer hall, restaurant, seating, all that jazz, in November of 2020. So when we're recording, not long ago. Oh, really? Now, there is a little...
1: uh,
0: I mean, they said that, but it also lined up with being just days after their employees said they were going to vote to unionize. Oh. So it's a bit of a controversy right now where publicly, you know, Surly has said this doesn't have anything to do with the employees wanting to unionize. It has everything to do with the COVID restrictions and the fact that revenue down 82%. Jeez. Which, you know, I believe that. But I also kind of think that most likely the unionizing news – or potential unionizing news also had a part in that decision because of the timing of it. Mm-hmm. Because I would assume that if you're already looking at 82% loss of revenues and then they're saying they're going to unionize, usually unionizing comes with having to pay higher wages. So I think at that point they were kind of like, they were probably already on the fence about staying open or not. And then they got that news and were like, yeah, we, I think we're just going to have to shut it down now, which, you know, I'm not saying this to say there's anything bad about unions. I'm actually very pro-union. I think it's a good thing. So that's just my feeling on what's going, what was probably going on. But, you know, that's just all conjecture on my part.
1: Yeah, we don't know.
0: Yeah, we don't know for sure. So you can choose to believe the controversy or you can choose to believe Surly or... Or somewhere in between. I the, truth,
1: the truth is probably somewhere in between.
0: Yeah. I mean, it usually is. Yes. So, um...
1: So they still have their original location.
0: Well, they have they have both lo- locations for brewing. Like, they're still oh, okay. making beer and distributing beer. They're just not taking guests to okay. come and drink at their location, and eat food there, and everything. So, um, So we're not finishing on a down note. I'm going to give the beer information at the end. And it's interesting because they they break it down on their website by different types. They break it down by IPAs, because they do a lot of different types of IPAs, Uh, Crushers, which are like lower ABV beers, Hop Forward, which I guess are still hoppy but not IPAs, Malt Forward, self-explanatory, a whole category for the Darkness beers. Oh, really? Yeah. And Left of the Dial, which I'm most excited to get to the Left of the Dial. All of them have some interesting stuff, but yeah. Okay, but we'll get so to the, the last beer, beer, which we've said, which I said we've had before, but it's been years.
1: This is called Furious IPA. It's so just an IPA, and it's 6.7%.
0: Yeah. They've been brewing this one for a while. And Rebecca, this, we had this beer on the during the Super Bowl the first time I made my Nachos. Natchez.
1: Oh, Carla makes mean nachos for Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. So the first time I ever made the nachos, we drank a Furious IPA. Oh. So this has a special memory for me. And now Rebecca, as she is remembering those nachos. Where did we get it? Um, Where did we get it? I don't know if I got it from Beer Temple then or if I got it from Andrew Peavy at that point. I was doing some beer trading with Andrew Peavy at, at that point. Remember, he and I would just send stuff yeah. back and forth. So I think he may have sent it. I'm not 100% sure. I actually think I probably got it for the Very beer. Very Oh, man, yeah. Red this red. looks like those, one of those real malty old school IPAs, which is exciting for me. Like a reddish, exciting.
1: reddish orange.
0: Yeah, 100%. Reddish orange. I love that look. Almost a little brownish. Can't see through it because of the color, but it's not like... Hazy or anything like that? What does it smell like? Oh, it's like citrus resin. It smells
1: like like mango and pine.
0: Yeah, and there's, I'm getting in it what I say I get in a bunch of the hoppy beers from Trogues a little bit of like a Smarties candy smell. Because it's a little bit sweet, but there's also almost this little kind of like citrusy tartness in the nose. Not with a point where you think there would be like an actual tart flavor to it, but just that natural smell that goes with the citrus, a mm-hmm. bean kind of tart. It's very, very citrusy. It smells very good. And it's very resiny too. Mm-hmm. I yes, love that it smell. It smells viscous. It smells like it's got a really nice malty backbone it to it. It chewy
1: again. Yeah, it smells
0: super chewy.
1: <laughs> They've all been Chewy.
0: This beer, okay. So smelling this actually kind of reminds me of the very first batch of Union Brewing's Double Duck Pin, mm. which was outstanding, but has changed since. So, but we're also not drinking them anymore because of controversy. But all right, here we go. Ooh, oh, mm, that that pine hits yeah. like crazy, but it's oh. candy like too. It's like a sweet pine mixed with a little bit of like a citrusy.
1: It's interesting because all three IPAs we have here are so different.
0: Yeah, they're very different. Which is probably why they were. it was good that they were in a variety pack. Yeah. This is this one is the chewiest. It definitely is the chewiest to me. It has the most resiny note to it. Even though Rivet Head had a really good resininess to it, this is that next level resiny, that next level viscosity That next level bitterness, even, because I think it's more bitter than the rivet head. But there's so much nice malt backbone to it that it just holds up. And it's got a really awesome citrusy kick that comes in with that real severe pine. This, I like the rivet head. I really like the furious.
1: The um, flavors really linger on your palate, too.
0: That's true. It lets you know it's a serious beer. Yeah. And you that you have to you chew have to pay it. Attention. Yeah. You have to you chew, have to you chew have to, it.
1: You have to pay attention to it.
0: I really like this. Like, as much as I was saying that, like, it was refreshing to have the rivet head because it reminds me of the old school West mm-hmm. Coast IPAs, this one's even more my sweet spot of that. So, mm-hmm. and we have more of each of these because there were three of each. So, mm. or wait. Yeah. There were three of each because it's 12 pack. Um, So we have two more of each of these. Uh, No problem. We'll take care of that. Hmm. All right. So let me tell you a little bit about the beers they've had around. Now, these aren't all available right now. It's just beers they've done that were just on their website. So under the IPAs, just to show you that they hit a lot of different styles, uh, 3DH Triple IPA, Four Seam Screamer West Coast Style IPA, Go Below Rye IPA, Abrasive double IPA, and I put abrasive on there because I've had abrasive in the past, and it is awesome. Hmm. It's very thick, it's very resiny, but it's also super citrusy, really tasty. Angry NAP juicy IPA, Blacker, which which we've also had some years ago. Imperial Black Ale, that's like a really awesome kind of imperial black IPA in a way. Uh, Brett IPA, Belgian style IPA. Daff Brute IPA, Haze Me Up Before You Go-Go. Oh, that's funny. It's a Session Hazy IPA, and you probably want this one. Staycation, which is a Pineapple Lactose
1: IPA. Oh, that does sound good.
0: That sounds awesome. Excuse the noise while I flip my page here of notes. Now to the Crushers category, which is the very sessionable beers. Plus One, which is a Golden Ale. Bash Action, which Rebecca probably wants, is a Cream Ale. Mm. I would love love to have that as well. Compound beer, or I'm sorry, not compound, campground beer. Very different. (laughs) Very different. Uh, My writing gets sloppy. Uh, Campground beer, which is a Pilsner. Heat Slayer, which is a Kolsch-style ale. Mango Medusa, which is a tart ale with mango. Press F5, which is a cucumber lime ale. That could be good. Mm -hmm. And Rosé, which is a Rosé-inspired... Inspired. Jesus. Rosé-inspired lager.
1: A rosé-inspired lager.
0: They're usually ales. Interesting. rosé-inspired lager. Very cool. Next to the hop-forward category, Kitsch Hoppy Lager. Surly Fest Dry Hopped Rye Lager.
1: Mm, that could be good. That
0: sounds very interesting. The Familiar, which is a tart pale ale. Then on to the malt-forward area uh, or category, it's alternative Facts which is an alt beer, which not a lot of breweries do alt beers, but they're wonderful. Bender, which we've had before, which is their oatmeal brown ale. And we've had their coffee Bender in the past too, which is the oatmeal brown ale with coffee added. Mm. That is an awesome coffee beer. Awesome coffee beer. Uh, Black Horseman, which is a Danish style black lager. Mm. Sounds interesting. You want this. Brewer's Breakfast, which is a golden oatmeal ale with coffee.
1: Oh, that does sound good.
0: Yeah. And Funeral Bar, which is uh, a stout with dark chocolate, sea salt, cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and lactose.
1: That sounds good, too.
0: Then under Darkness, it just lists every year that they've done Surly Darkness because they do it once a year. It's usually just a straight up Russian Imperial Stout. But some years they barrel age it. Some years they do something else to it, like add coffee, you know. So you can look at their website for that. And then the more interesting area, which is the left of the dial. And I'm not reading off all their beers. I'm just picking some choice ones. So left of the dial, Best Frenemies Forever, which is a sparkling ale with lime, mint, peach, and basil. Hmm. Sounds interesting. Double barrel age pentagram, which is a Brett Dark Sour Ale. Sounds great. Electric Sombrero of Death. A tequila barrel-aged, double dry-hopped, Imperial Mexican-style lager.
1: Interesting.
0: Does that not, like, make you stop and, like, think through all the words? You're like, like, wait a minute. My mind is blown. Yeah, how does that come together in the end? Heathen Temple, which is a blackened Hefeweizen. Hmm. Uh, Parts in the Hole, which is Cranberry Braggot aged on white ash. Hmm. Uh, Shillings and Spice, which is a chai scotch ale, which not many breweries make scotch ales. And Spice Boys, with Z, which is a ginger and cayenne infused lager. Interesting. So a lot of interesting stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So that's it. I know I went over a lot of beers, but they do a lot of interesting stuff, so that's why I went over so many of them. So. That's all I have on Surly. Okay. I'm glad we could do this. I, it's You know, sorry we don't have like a Darkness or a Pentagram or a Blacker or an Abrasive or a Todd the Man. That's another great hoppy beer that they have. But, you know, and I want to order more.
1: We got what we got.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to keep drinking this stuff. This beer yeah, is... Yeah, they're all
1: good. It's a good lineup. All
0: right. So, now the tough part.
1: Yeah, this rank, is
0: tough. Rank these bros. Uh, I think it's pretty easy for me. It's not... uh, Do you want me to go first? Since it's easy for me, or do you want to go first? Go ahead. Okay. So my number four is going to be the Get Loud, which is the Hazy Wheat IPA. It's still solid. It's just, you know, flavor level's relatively low. It's a hazy beer, whatever. My number three is going to be the Razor Gang, which is the uh, Dry Irish Style Stout. still good. Really enjoy it. Really refreshing to go to that after just having Imperial IP or Imperial Stouts all the time. Solid. My number two is going to be the Rivet Head, which is the West Coast style IPA. Real nice West Coast style IPA, but not as good as the Furious IPA, which is just an IPA and it's super tasty and it's taken me back to the glory days of IPAs when this hazy bullshit didn't exist. Sorry. I just had to say it.
1: Okay. Okay. So my ranking is a little different, but um, I am going to agree that number four is also get loud. Mm-hmm. Um, my number three is the Furious IPA. Oh, okay. My number two is Razor Gang, and my number one is Rivet Head. Oh,
0: you're really digging on the Rivet Head. Yeah, I think it's good. What is it about the Rivet Head that puts it over the Razor Gang and Furious, for you?
1: Um, well, Razor Gang I feel like is kind of in its own category.
0: Sure. You know, makes sense.
1: Um, but I like it over the furious because it's not as piney.
0: Sure. And it's yeah. resiny,
1: and I don't really love those flavor profiles.
0: Yeah, I get that. Okay. That makes sense. So awesome. What do you think of this?
1: It was good. It was a good lineup.
0: If we can get more breweries that don't distribute here, should we be doing more showcases
1: like that? Sure.
0: I would love to. So if anyone has any particular breweries you want us to do showcases on that it, either you know we can get the beers for in our state or you can help us somehow get those beers or you know we have access to them somehow, just hit us up and let us know at gmail dot com on Instagram.
1: Brutalbattlepodcast.
0: Which Rebecca's doing. You're doing at least like two posts a week. Like
1: one,
0: one to two. One to two. Okay. It, it's whatever's it going. depends. It's whatever's going up for the new episode on Sundays, and then usually during the week, something we're yeah. drinking. Just you know, just relaxing and drinking, basically. Yeah. So you can see a little bit of a beer peek into our normal lives. Um, and then you can visit the website, like I said, brutalbattle.com. All the back episodes are there, also on archive.com. If you just search brutal battle. But do us a quick favor and rate us and review us on iTunes and any other podcatcher because that helps us get some visibility and also word of mouth, let people know about the podcast and we appreciate that. And then, like I said, if you want to reach out, if you not just if you have ideas for more showcase episodes, but whatever, you know, you have feedback, you want to say hi, you want some beer recommendations, I'm down to throw those at you. Um, just tell me what you like, at gmail.com. but Thanks, everyone, for checking this out, and until next time,
1: keep it brutal.